Hello and welcome to the State News Sports Roundtable. I am your host, Eli McCowan, and today I am joined by Devin Anderson-Torres for today's podcast. Devin, how are we doing, man? Hey, we're doing pretty good, pretty good. Uh, you know, not a lot of running on, not a lot of sleep. We're, uh, <laughs> we were at the protests in Lansing all day yesterday, but yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, I mean, the, the Lansing protests yesterday, that was an all-day event, and I... I was at I was at home for most of the for most everything all day and I mean Devin watching your feed and stuff come through I mean it was it was a really impactful day and I think a lot of changes are getting ready to get made right now and Devin I mean you did a hell of a job yesterday as well thank you appreciate it man so today on the podcast we have a spe- our first actual real guest on the podcast we brought on Darian Harris former Michigan State linebacker and uh, current Michigan State football director of player engagement. Um, Darian had a lot of awesome stuff to talk about. We talked about his new role, um, also what's happening in our country right now, and also um, his time at Michigan State. And um, he was a really great person to talk to right now, Devin. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Darian Harris was a great person to have on. He had um, a lot to say, and I think, you know, being somebody that's working with these student athletes, he is, you know, the right person for the job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's kind of stepped into a new role and he talked about, you know, how interesting it is for him as well. Like he's in this new role where he's, you know, sees himself where he wasn't too, where he was like not too long ago, helping these student athletes and having these discussions about things. And then also he's working with a lot of the same staff that he used to that used to be his coach not too long ago. Um, so it was really interesting to hear about that. And we also talked about his time as a player where in his career, I mean, you I was um, watching a video. There was a video that came up on Michigan State Big Ten Network of some of his highlights, and I got to thinking about back when I was when I was watching him play. I mean, he, Darian was always a guy who, when he played, always made an instant impact and was always doing the right things on the field. Like he was always in the right place at the right time. And I got to thinking about. It, I was like, Darian was that kind of guy where you're playing and like when you're playing when you're watching a basketball game, and all of a sudden like he hits a three and you're like, oh my god, he has twenty points tonight. Like, he, yeah. he's kind of one of those guys who just did it really quietly, and he had a heck of a career. We also asked him about um, his Rose Bowl, um, that Rose Bowl game where that team made a lot of impact. We even asked him about if he thought they were going to win a, a natty that year, and he thought they could. Yep, for sure. And, I mean, that team, had that Notre Dame, got, Dame game gone different, I mean, it's possible, but anyway, yeah, they, they could have put your ticket right there. Yeah, I mean, he and he was a big part of also diving over the line to stop the Stanford fullback as well. So I mean, Darian was somebody in his career who was, I mean, a big part of that three-year stretch of Cotton Bowl or went Rose Bowl Cotton Bowl playoff. So um, obviously, getting to talk to him about that was great. So we're gonna go ahead and dive in. Here is our conversation with Michigan State linebacker Darian Harris and current MSU director of player engagement. Right, so today on the podcast, we brought on a very special guest, former Michigan State linebacker and current MSU football director of player engagement, Darian Harris. Darian, welcome to the show, and how are you doing this morning? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. So today we have Darian on to discuss his new role at Michigan State and some of his time as a player. So first, Darian, go ahead and describe what your new role is here at Michigan State, what the first few months have kind of been like back in East Lansing where your career kind of started. Yeah, so it's definitely great to be back. Uh, it's a dream come true for me to be back and, and be back on staff and be able to to help and serve our student-athletes. Um, it's something that's really important to me. It's, it's a passion of mine. Um, to, to make sure our student athletes are able to maximize their time in Michigan State, 
uh, not just on the field, but of course off the field as well, um, through the different, you know, various and, and sundry <clears throat> different things that Michigan State has to offer. So to get an opportunity to do that in my new role um, is incredibly important to me and special to me to get to work with uh, a staff like Coach Tugger has assembled is, uh, is, is great as well, you know, both old and new um, people coming into the fold. And for me personally, uh, on our kind of player development staff to work with someone like Elliot Daniels, who's our assistant athletic director for student athlete engagement, who was a um, academic coordinator on staff when I was playing and then transitioned up to administration. And Coach Lorenzo Guest, who's been a strength coach at MSU for eight years. And I was a safety, you know, back in the 90s on Nick Saban. Um, to work with those two on a daily basis on player development is special to me as well. Uh, they're both mentors of mine. Um, you know, two gentlemen I really look up to and helped me a lot while I was playing here at Michigan State. So to not be colleagues of them is, is great. Darian, Coach Tucker and coaches are both really, you know, kind of strong statements regarding, you know, the criticism standing on the sidelines. So what does that show when, you know, leaders of the MSU Athletic Department are kind of, you know, not afraid to speak up about what's, you know, going on in the United States and the injustices that are happening? I think it's great. Uh, I think it's important, um, you know, specifically for for head coaches of, of any sport. Uh, you know, they have an obligation, I believe, to speak up and speak out um, in support of all people. Um, but at this time in particular, in support of the injustice of African-Americans across the country. You know, those are two um, gentlemen that have to sit in the homes of uh, African-American players, you know, black players when they recruit them and talk to parents about how they're going to do their part to keep um, the players safe, you know, student athletes safe on campus and things of that nature. So for them to release strong statements, I think speaks volumes. Um, Susie Merchant as well, our women's basketball coaches, released um, several statements in support of, 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 of everyone across the country, of African-Americans across the country, and uh, standing up against social injustice across the country. So, um, you know, them, uh, as well as others across the athletic department, I think have done an unbelievable job in showing support. Um, and that's what we try to do at Michigan State. I think we try to be trailblazers. We try to lead by example, and uh, I think that's what we're doing. So it's, uh, it's definitely an honor and a privilege to, again, be on Coach Tucker's staff, to have someone like Coach Tucker and someone like Coach Izzo um, kind of leading the charge for our athletic department, I think, speaks volumes. And with your um, role and kind of leadership role, have you had any conversations with your players about stuff like this? And, you know, what have those been like? Yeah, definitely have had a few, um, and those will continue today. Uh, and I think it's really important that we that we talk to our players about what's going on, um, make sure that they have all the information they need to uh, to have to be successful and to be safe, and to just to know what's going on in the world. You know, I think there's things that, are, of course, are bigger than uh, just playing some football games. We've seen that over the course of this entire year. Um, it's it's been a trying year. It's been a long year, um, and it's it's only really halfway done. You know, as of today, being June first. Um, and I think it's really a good learning experience for our players um, who are who are starting to you know transition into adulthood and are really seeing uh, just kind of how the world works and what goes on in life. You know, football is great, sports is great, sports is an outlet and avenue for a lot of people. Uh, however, there are more important things going on out there, and we want our players to be active in the community to be able to speak up, to be able to speak their mind, and have a passion for things as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean these. Like last six months have just been long, agonizing, and just something's got to change because this has just been a very frustrating time over these last couple of weeks. But um, you're now in your second role at Michigan State. Now you have a new leader in Coach Tucker. 
How do you feel about the direction he's taking the program at this point? And what, have, what are some of like the bigger changes you've seen from when you were a player to now? I think it's great. I think the direction he's taking the program in is, is great. And I think that <clears throat> what he's doing is keeping up with the times. And I think that's as important as anything. So, um, you know, some of the changes I've seen have, have just been a bigger product of what year we're in, you know, and um, the evolution of social media and having to brand your, your program and having to brand your players, um, coaches being active on, on social media. So those are the few of the differences that I've seen. Um, but, of course, that attention to detail is going to be there um, like, it, like it was in the past. Um, that, you know, relentless attitude that he talks about moving forward, um, high velocity, um, you know, pursuing, you know, the, the goal at the end of the day, uh, that's all going to be there and is incredibly important. Uh, so, so his leadership has, has been great, um, and I think it's reflected in what we've been able to do during this time. You know, we obviously aren't able to, to be around each other. We aren't able to be in the building, aren't able to, to be together as a staff with our players, but we've still pressed on, uh, pushed forward, you know, used the Zoom features in, in different ways to be able to get to our players and install schemes and things like that. And it all comes from the top. It comes from Coach, Coach Tucker uh, and his, his kind of calmness that he's put over the program and allowing us to continue to do our job at a, at a high level. Then kind of a follow-up to, like, you, you talked about the social media aspects, and that's become a really big part of what you guys have been doing, especially when you can't, you know, go out and recruit and go in players' homes and do some of those things. You know, you've been doing the Battle of the Ox series and some of those different things. I mean, what's it been like kind of heading that up and doing the Spartan Spotlight and the Battle of the Ox as well? Yeah, it's been great. You know, I think everything's a team effort. Uh, so, uh, you know, the recruiting team, the, the, the design team, uh, led by Derek and, and the recruiting team led by Lisa, have done a great job of coming up with new ideas uh, for social media and branding. And then they've kind of looped me in, of course, and then wrote me in. And uh, we've just collaborated on a lot of different things, come up with some really good ideas. And now you all are seeing kind of the, the fruits of that labor. So it's been really fun for me to be a part of that. It's been really exciting. I think the players have enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the fans have enjoyed it a lot. Spartan Nation enjoyed it a lot. And it's just important, especially in this day and age and right now, you know, again, where we have to continue to put something out there to keep uh, people, you know, energized and excited about the program. Uh, and it's good that we've been able to do that. And I think it's going to pay off a lot in the long run. So, Darian, um, I think, I believe in your spring uh, teleconference, you said, you know, you were really passionate about this role you're in now and maybe not as interested in going into coaching in the future. Um, you know, what kind of draws you toward staying in a role like this, opposed to, you know, maybe getting to those X's and O's? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, again, you know, this has always been a passion of mine, the player development side of things, even from when I was playing, uh, just making sure my teammates were, were maximizing the opportunities that they had in Michigan State. So, uh, I, I mean, everything on the field is, is great. I, I love the X's and O's part of the game. I'm going to miss that for sure. Uh, you know, I'm still sitting in, in defensive meetings trying to learn the scheme myself uh, because I love the game of football so much. But I just feel like it's it's important, uh, if not more important, to make sure our players are ready to transition into the world, you know, whether they play a year in the league or 10 years in the league. Uh, but that time from transitioning into college to out of college, um, both of those are huge transitions in, in our players' lives. And I think that it's really important to make sure that they're set up for success in that regard. So there's a lot of different ways we'll be able to touch our players through player development. And uh, I just have always felt a passion for it. Uh, I think it's incredibly important. And uh, I know what Michigan State had to offer me and what I was able to take advantage of at Michigan State. So I want our players to be able to do the same. And like the upcoming... Uh, oh, go ahead, Devin. Just kind of a follow-up to that, Darian. Um, you know, obviously a, a captain on your team, 2015 when you guys made it to the playoffs. And um, 
you know, what have you, what have you been able to take as your experience as a captain there and what has really translated well to your current position? Um, definitely the leadership <clears throat> qualities it takes to be a captain. Um, but you know, I think even more so than that is the ability to communicate, ability, ability to communicate with everyone, uh, ability to meet people where they are in life, uh, no matter where they're from, you know, or their backgrounds, uh, or what they may be going through. I think that's the most important thing. It's, it's what I try to do as a captain and what I'm going to try to do to do not. Um, of course, it's going to involve, you know, pushing our student athletes in the right direction or what I feel is the right direction for them. Um, but it also, you know, it, it's being an active listener also, understanding, again, where they are, uh, what they have to say, taking what they have to say into consideration, listening to their ideas, and then trying to find the best possible way uh, to move forward and make sure that they're getting everything out of the student athlete experience that they should then, like the upcoming season coming up with the coronavirus pandemic is kind of something that's it's up in the air, and you know you're trying to figure out when you guys are going to get on the field and things like that. You know how hard is it, to, you know, to keep like your guys motivated and make sure that they're working and doing things through this time? Uh, it's definitely challenging because you, of course, aren't seeing them on a day to day basis. You don't know exactly what they're doing in terms of working out and things like that. But our players are motivated. They're, they they know what they have to do. We have great leadership on this team. And we're relying on that. We're relying on our players to lead each other, which I think is very important going into the season. And they're doing a great job with that. So the, the, the way we've been able to implement our, our scheme offensively and defensively uh, just through Zoom, um, I think is going to go a long way. Uh, you see players that are, that are up in their living rooms and dining rooms, kitchens, outside, garage, doesn't matter, running through plays uh, from miles apart. And uh, that that's just the, the, the dedication and determination that our players have. You know, we know that they're, they're working out and doing the things they're supposed to do, even though we can't monitor them. And I think that they're hungry and motivated to get back and get back to success on the field. So, um, you know, although we can't put eyes on them, but instead of eyes on them, we have full confidence that they're doing what they're supposed to do to be ready for a football season. And a bit of a follow-up, too, I, I, and you may not even know at this point either. I know, like, the NCAA talked about June 1st, allowing voluntary stuff. I don't know if you've heard anything about that, whether that's something that's starting soon at Michigan State. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of up in the air still, I think, right now. Um, there's a lot of people that uh, uh, have assembled to make those decisions, and so we're just kind of waiting for the green light. Um, it'll involve, of course, uh, everybody at the administrative level with the, at the school, as, as well as maybe the government as well, making decisions as to when we can bring back our players and kind of start, um, you know, re-ingratiating everybody to, to what we do normally. So. We're just going to have to keep keep our ears to the ground, um, listen to instructions as best as possible, and uh, we know that as soon as we get to go ahead, we'll be ready to rock and roll. Now, Darian, you're part of a pretty prolific defense uh, in your time there, uh, Rose Bowl, Cotton Bowl, college football playoff. Um, and your name, I, I believe your name holds a lot of weight in the uh, you know Spartan football history. Do you think that um, players are – being receptive to that and kind of understanding, you know, you've gone through it and, um, you know, you know the ropes and really allowing you to show them? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I definitely think so, and I would hope so. Um, You know, we did some great things at MSU during during my time playing. Um, But for me, it was because I learned from the guys that were older than me and then tried to instill the values that I learned from them onto the players that were coming up behind me. So if I can just pass down that knowledge and get our players to do that, and everything kind of takes care of itself. Um, you know, they, they know that about the history. They know that the, the success that we had uh, during the time that I was at MSU um, and the teams that we had. But ultimately, again, it's going to be up to them 
uh, to go out there and get it done on the field. And they know what they have to do, and, and uh, I can definitely drop tidbits and knowledge here and there. But the main thing I want, want to kind of instill is that the older players must lead the younger players, and the younger players have to listen to the older players. Um, if they can get that kind of core value and core function down, then, uh, then they'll do just fine. But, again, we have great leadership on this team. Um, you know, as our guys that, that I was familiar with, seniors and things like that, before taking this job, who have done a great job leading. Uh, we're doing that all winter, going into the spring, and we'll continue to do that. So um, they, know, they know what it takes to get it done on the field, and I'll full confidence that they'll be able to. And then, you know, kind of with this new staff, does it, does it feel like a clean slate with, um, you know, Spartan football and maybe a chance to, you know, really revitalize what's going on there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's, again, it's a great combination of um, coaches from the past regime and then now these coaches that are coming in on the new regime. Everybody, I think, has gelled extremely well. Um, I'm enjoying working with all the coaches we have on our staff. I've gotten an opportunity to talk with all of them and, and uh, you know, meet with them and, and use them in different things we've been doing <clears throat> across social media and stuff like that and um, with recruiting and things like that. Everybody's excited uh, about this kind of new regime and um, you know, new system literally and figuratively that's coming to Michigan State under Coach Tucker and everybody's just energized and ready to go. You know, we were ready to rock and roll for spring ball and of course, um, you know, the virus put a little bit of a damper in that, but still we picked up right, you know, where we could in, in terms of uh, everybody going home but still hopping on Zoom and, 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 and implementing a system. So to see that, to see the passion and energy still coming through, uh, I think it's important and uh, it's going to be really special once we're all able to get back together and get into fall camp. And then kind of transitioning into your career a bit as a linebacker at Michigan State, you were part of one of the more successful, like, stretches of time at Michigan State that there's really ever been from Cotton Bowl, Rose Bowl, playoff. I mean, what made that era so successful for you when you guys were there? Yeah, we just believed uh, that we had the ability and capability to to win football games. At the end of the day, I mean, we knew the talent was there. We knew the scheme was there. But at the end of the day, as players, uh, we had to lead each other, you know, as I kind of stated before. And we had to, to just, we took it upon our shoulders to get it done. You know, there was a belief and a kind of a will to win. And, uh, and uh, you know, we just didn't allow ourselves to lose. Um, and I think that that mindset, that mentality goes a long way, especially in sports, but not just in sports and life anyway. Um, you know, that winner's mindset is, is important to have. And again, it was instilled in us from the, the past players, from the you know that first Big Ten championship team in 2010 with Kirk and Kirk Cousins and Greg Jones and, and those guys passed down through us, and then we were able to then elevate it up to another level, um, and, and hopefully pass you know that down as we learned down you know for for the guys behind us. So um, we were incredibly close as a team, um, as a class in particular, but also as a team, still close to this day. And uh, when you have that family, that, that family atmosphere, that togetherness, that brotherhood, um, it, it really can go a long way. Then I want to ask, too, like, the, obviously the playoff didn't necessarily go the way you wanted, but, like, between those three, I mean, those were three monumental achievements at Michigan State there. I mean, which one of those was kind of your favorite moment there while you are there? Yeah, it's kind of hard to hard to say. I mean, you know, a 36-5 stretch over three years is, is incredible, and we're looking forward to getting back to that type of success, but... Uh, of course, the Rose Bowl was special because of what it meant to Michigan State and uh, the history behind it, having not been there since 88-89. And going into that season, all the seniors talked about wanting to get back to the Rose Bowl. Um, that was a goal we were able to, to accomplish that. But 
at the same time, there's just nothing like your senior year. So your, your senior year is 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 and should be as, as special as as it gets. Um, you know, seniors have to have their best year for a team to be successful. So for me, that 2015 season is, is probably my favorite season. Uh, it being my senior year, my last year in the green and white, suiting up at least on the field, um, going through that 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 season. Of course, the big wins during the regular season, but of course, the Big Ten championship win. And then, as you said, you know, the playoff game didn't go as, as we wanted to, but um, we made it there. You know, we competed. Uh, felt like we we measured up, even though the score may not have reflected that. We felt like we measured up on the field, and uh, we were on the top of the sporting world for a week. And uh, now we have a, a goal to aspire to now as a, as a new regime, as a new staff, and as, as these players can look back and see that it is possible in Michigan State to have that type of success. It can be done. And uh, they have something to look forward to achieving as well. Yeah, and like you said, like you felt like you guys measured up. I mean, you look at the halftime. I mean, there was it was a one score game at half, or be or was it? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was 10-0 at half. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were and we were going in right before half, and with an opportunity to put some points on the board, and of course they had to add a turnover, but it happens. It's football. Um, and even coming into the second half, you know, we, we felt we had an opportunity to get back in the game. And uh, it was just a few plays here and there. as any football game uh, that sometimes makes it seem like a guy out of hand. But again, we felt like we competed. Um, I know we, I know we competed our, our art style uh, out there. I know we left it out there all on the field. Um, and in the day, it's still a memory that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And then, lastly, too, one of the other things that's been kind of talked about with the that Rose Bowl year was, you know, if that game against Notre Dame maybe flips a different way, you know what happens, you know, because Mark D'Antonio said after you guys won the Big Ten title, you know, what about us, you know, getting there? I mean, do you guys think you could have won a national title that year had maybe that Notre Dame go get game go differently or maybe if you guys slipped in the, into the BCS title somehow? Yeah, of course, absolutely. I mean, we have full confidence that, that we would have had an opportunity to, to be national champions that year. Um, you know, the, the Rose Bowl worked out great and we wouldn't trade it for anything in the world uh, because we did accomplish that goal and that achievement, but um, there definitely would have been an opportunity, I think, for us to compete for a national title this that year. You know, again, unfortunately, the calls didn't, didn't go our way, and that's that's kind of sport. Sometimes things are kind of out of your hands, um, albeit fair or not. But um, just to know the success we had that year, the type of team we had that year, I mean, going 13-1 and one is an incredible season, of course. Um, that team was special. You know, the guys on that team were special. And then, uh, again, you know, still talk to this day, still close to this day. Um, and to get an opportunity to win the hundredth Rose Bowl, I mean, again, I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. And uh, um, Darian, before we let you go, um, I kind of find it hard not to loop back to the beginning there, where you um, you said some things are bigger than football, and I think right now um, something like that is happening. And as your job, you're you're engaging with the players, you're impacting, you know, these student athletes. You have one of the biggest hands in that. Um, you know, beyond those student athletes, maybe students everywhere, maybe youth everywhere, if you could, you know, you know, really send one message to, you know, what everybody's dealing with. And, you know, if you could tell them something, what would you say? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, my, my first lesson, you know, or, or first, you know, piece of advice for everybody would just be to take an opportunity to learn and to listen um, from what people are saying, um, from what people in the black community are saying uh, about some of the things that, that we have to go through uh, in life that uh, is, is not unfair and it's unfortunate and needs to change. And I think that there's a lot of prominent figures that are doing a great job of using their platform uh, to make a difference and make an impact. Uh, but that's what it's about at the end of the day. You know, words are great, uh, actions are better. You know, actions speak louder than words. So 
now that we kind of have everybody on the on the right side of this thing, you know, seeing uh, injustice for what it is across the country um, and really across the world, honestly, now we need to put some things into action. So I have full confidence that that will happen. I've seen a lot of progress this week, uh, you know, d- despite what's going on with the riots and, and looting and things like that. Um, sometimes, you know, certain actions have to go into place to make change. And at the end of the day, it may not be what everybody wants to see. It may not necessarily be the, the best measure, quote unquote. But what it has done is it has allowed, I think, some progress to happen. I've, I've had people reach out to me um, that I may have never heard of, you know, never heard from in terms of a situation like this before. Just asking what they can do to help. You know, what can they say? What can they do to do their part? And that's what it's about. You know, that's all we want in the day is if you don't know, you know, be comfortable enough to ask. Um, and if you do know, be comfortable enough to take action. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that everything kind of gets cleared, cleared out and, and mellowed down pretty soon. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we've seen in the last several years that a change does not occur. And we're looking for change to happen across this country. And uh, I think we're, we're working towards that. And I'm hoping that what has happened and transpired in the past week will get us to a point where uh, social injustice justice dissolves for good. Absolutely, yeah. And I think uh, one of the most beautiful things, it's not like a color versus a color. It's not one like one group versus another. I, think, I just feel like it's everybody against injustice. And um, I think Absolutely. you put that in the words well. Fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, in Lansing yesterday, everything was really amazing what happened there yesterday. Some of the images coming out of there. Devin was there yesterday. Um, I mean, everything that's happening there, sitting largely peaceful, and some of the moments that came out of that. I thought one of the things that came from um, – Devin's thing that maybe didn't get a lot of attention was a video that he had of there was kind of two generations of people discussing and having real conversations about what's happening. And I thought it was really impactful and watching it got me, you know, emotional thinking about, you know, how our community is really impacted and seeing Lansing hurting really that strings a lot of emotions to think for everybody. Um, well, one last thing before you go, Darian, we've been trying to have a little bit of fun here on the podcast because you know, there hasn't been sports in a while. There hasn't been some of these things, you know, so we've been trying to keep it light. So one of the things we've been doing, we've been doing like drafts or Mount Rushmore's about Michigan State culture, some of the things that happen. So obviously being a journalism student, you got your master's degree. You talked about in the, uh, the your last media teleconferences going after your PhD as well. So obviously, you know, the classrooms just as well as anybody. So do you have a Mount Rushmore of some of your favorite Michigan State buildings slash classrooms? Wow. Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, let's see, buildings and classrooms together, uh, Mount Rushmore, and you know that's really only four um, things. So I guess I guess I'll, I'll leave sports out of this because, of course, like Spartan Stadium would probably be on there and Breslin Center and all that. Um, I'll go Com Arts, of course. Yep. You know because of my, my time in there as a journalism student, um, and I guess I'll go specifically uh, Room One Forty Seven big lecture hall because that's where everybody probably started with with uh with Tom 101 with journey 101 excuse me uh so that's you know everybody's kind of starting into the journalism fold so the journal 101 so um yeah that's from 147 and uh in in com arts uh i'll go eli broad you know college of business you know because that's where i got my master's from did my master's through there and that was incredibly special to me to be able to to get that into and to achieve that as well um let's see i'll go beaumont tower as well uh it's a of course the historic site one of the most beautiful sites i think on campus and uh, i always love you know hearing that clock you know you know strike at the at the hour you know multiple times a day 
And uh, it's kind of the spot where I take my take my dog every so often to take a picture to see how much he's growing. So that's kind of become uh, our little spot. Uh, so that's three. And then um, not a classroom, but I'll go Case Hall, you know, because Case Hall is the first place I live on campus. It's a special place uh, for me. I love my time in Case with, with my class and uh, getting to know each other in there. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's pandemonium. It's craziness sometimes. But uh, I honestly would go back in a heartbeat and start it over. So. Uh, Palm Arts, uh, Eli Bro College of Business, Beaumont Tower, and Case Hall. That's my Mount Rushmore. Really think like the Com Arts building, like really like unless you like win in that building, you don't ever think about it because of where it is, like you on don't. campus. Yeah. But like when you go in there, you realize how nice of a building that actually is. It is. It's very nice, and I was in there. I guess uh, earlier this year, if not not late last year, and saw kind of the upgrades, the renovations, the uh, the new new center. Is, is is tremendous in there to do live shows and things like that. It's incredible. Uh, everything that's been done in there for the journalism department. Uh, of course, you know, spend a lot of time at WKAR also with Al and things like that. So uh, I'm glad to see that that building gets a lot of attention. You know, we know how important the J School is, uh, Michigan State, and how many, um, you know, prominent figures come out of there and the great, you know, teaching that goes on coming through the J School. It, it puts out a lot of great journalists and, and media members and broadcasters and i'm um, glad to see it continue to grow yeah absolutely absolutely well darian we want to thank you for hopping on with us today i hope things are safe enough that we can see you guys get on a football field sometime soon um, whenever that time is right and um yeah so thank you thank you again for coming on and talking with us thanks darian absolutely thanks to you for having me all right well did Devin, I want to thank you for also coming on and joining me today. Everyone for listening, we'll be back in two weeks with another special guest that we're going to have on the podcast. Wrestling fans, you're going to be excited about this one. This will be a great one for you guys. So everyone, stay healthy, keep up with the state news, and we'll catch you guys next time.